0: Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Today we have Rick Mayo. He's the founder of and CEO of Alloy Personal Training franchise located in Roswell, Georgia. Is that where the aliens fell?
2: No, that's,
1: that's no, Roswell. Okay, yeah, wrong Roswell. Sorry, <laughs> Roswell, <wrong. wrong. laughs> <laughs> Georgia. The Alloy family is growing quickly and has recently awarded over 30 new franchise locations in the Atlanta area, as well as Salt Lake City, Orlando, and the Carolina. After an unequaled year of lost challenges and uncertainty, the recent Edelman Trust Barometer report included that 2020 was a year of an epidemic of misinformation and widespread mistrust of societal institutions and leaders around the world. Award-winning fitness entrepreneur and founder of the Alloy Personal Training Franchise, Rick Mayo, views building trust with his customers and growing franchise community as one of the keys to success. With a growing podcast, YouTube channel, and with his keynotes, and published articles on fitness, franchising, and more, Mayo is a true believer in trust and and trust as a strategy. Rick would really love to contribute to the right audience. He has been on several popular podcasts and would be happy to explore having the right host as a guest on his
0: podcast as well. Rick, it is so good to meet you, Mr.
1: Mayo. How are
3: you
0: today, Rick? I'm doing well, and likewise. And you know, to to your point, you guys, there are probably some aliens in Roswell, Georgia, as well, not just Roswell, New Mexico. So, <laughs> well put. I well, may be one we'll of them. Find them sure. anyway. <laughs> the jury is out, so we shall see. <laughs> there is you're a the med- First, you're not the first to ask that, so please don't feel bad. Everyone's like, okay, but, like oh, the I alien Roswell. I'm like, No, yes, but no. <laughs>
1: Do we really I'm know? The, I mean, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've asked some wild questions on this. like, what is this? What is, I'm not afraid to ask questions. So
0: I, know. I love it. I love it.
3: <laughs> I love it. Uh, have you seen the Netflix special? Oh, gosh, what was his name? Bob something. Oh, Bob it's- Lazar. Yes, you know it. Yes. Yes, yes you- 100%. That is that's where I go when I think of aliens. So your joke lands perfectly and you kinda have that like figure. So like yep. if you're an alien, it's like the police. You have to tell me. You can't be undercover.
0: Are you an alien, Rick? You know, if I give you well, you know this you know how the saying goes. If I told you, you know what happened. So you really don't want me to tell you, right?
3: No, because I have to drive through Georgia to get back home, so no, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: Best of luck making it through here. You might see people <laughs> that look like aliens, even if they're not. You guys know they're they're everywhere.
3: They are.
0: <laughs>
3: Some of them look like dogs.
0: Don't be fooled. They're not. <laughs>
3: That's right. <laughs> so, Rick, I want to thank you for coming on. You have your own podcast stuff going on. You are a busy man that has a at uh, your personal training franchise located in Georgia, but has now grown drastically to 30 new franchises. Tell us about what you're doing and why yours, your personal training is so different than what anybody else is out there.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I think I'll start by just a little bit of our history. So we've been at it for a long time. We actually started our original facility in 1992. So, but you guys were probably twinkles in your father's eyes maybe maybe not even maybe not even that yet (laughs) i appreciate it yeah so (laughs) we've been at it yeah yeah keep it coming keep it coming Um, but we've been at it for a long time and before we ever started a full-on franchise we were doing what we called license and that's sometimes an interchangeable term with franchising so it could be confusing but imagine giving people the the business systems um to help power their gyms right under their own banner so like a white labeled version of a franchise and we did that to the tune of you know 2300 clubs worldwide um and you know it's 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 been amazing so that's what we've been doing the last 15 years and we had more and more big franchises coming to us and saying look can you build these mechanisms for us white label them right and then help us power them And so eventually we just said, look, instead of being the special sauce in everyone else's franchise, let's just do our own. And when we approached it, we had a unique, um, I guess, filter or lens on things because we have seen what is scalable, what is different, where there's maybe some gaps in the market for fitness. Um, And that really allowed us to approach franchising from a completely different place than maybe say a one shop you know mom and pop store that thinks you've got some special sauce and you're like we're gonna give this to everyone you know only to find out that maybe it was just the right place right time kind of scenario something like that so we did have an advantage um, in that and so as far as what makes us different I think when you look at fitness in general there's lots of types of fitness right there's the low-cost models which in the united states would be like a planet fitness where you just pay ten dollars a month and that's on one end of the spectrum and they do really well i mean they were the first to market with that and they they own that and on the other end of the spectrum in fitness is what's typically referred to as boutique fitness so imagine you know boot camps or orange theories or f45s or or those kind of guys right and those are two distinct segments of fitness so if you just took boutique fitness even within that there are class-based concepts so that can That could encompass everything from cycling to CrossFit to, again, boot camps, you know, Pilates, things like that. Just think of 20 people getting sweaty, right? Think of it that way. And I'm speaking of this through the consumer's lens, if you will. So there's that end of boutique fitness. But on the other end would be personal training. And so typically or historically, that's been serviced in a one-to-one setting. So, you know, one of you guys wants to come in and... You have a coach and, you know, it's just a one one coach to one client setting. But what we figured out a long time ago was how to make that a little bit more scalable so we can train up to six people with one coach. And we have the technology to be able to communicate on each person in the session and how they are to be applied to a certain program. And what that ultimately does, you guys, is it brings the price point down. And so what we're able to do is offer a good value proposition to people that are interested in personal training and make it a little bit more fun by offering some group dynamic, but still keep the brand promise of personal training. So if you have an injury or a very specific goal that you want to work on that's outside what you could get in a class-based setting, then we're, we're the perfect option for you. So I would say, at a really high level, that's it. Really, that's what makes us different. It's just tons of experience um, and really understanding how to make personal training scalable. And another word for that would be affordable. Right?
1: Is there a story behind the name of your of your company, the Alloy?
0: There is. So we've had, you know, um, I'll, I'll start by saying that we've got people all over the world that have our logo and name tattooed on their body. So I don't know how much more, you know, brand loyalty you can get than getting a permanent ink, you know, on your body of someone's logo. But I'm proud of it because it's all it's all as a result of some type of a story, right? Whether it be um you know, reaching great results or turning someone's business around and allowing them to stay in the industry that they love, whatever that is, and to feel compelled enough to get, you know, a logo tattooed. On you is a huge compliment to us. And so we hope to see that continue to grow as our franchise system grows, of course. But um, it's funny that you mentioned that because we've rebranded like four times. So the the internal joke is like, oh, don't get the tattoo because, you know, they're going to change the brand. (laughs) But now now that we've gone to franchising is not true. But when we opened in 1992, you guys will love this name. Like, you know, fitness was like muscle pants and uh, what we call fanny packs. So you guys might call bum bags, right, in South Africa. So it's like, you know, that was what fitness was. And so the name of our gym was Good Bodies, which is the cheesiest name ever, but it's so fit the early 90s, right? Yeah. Um, Because that's what fitness was. And we had teal carpet and it was, you know, mullets and everything <laughs> bad that you can imagine. Uh, about, about, I think mullets are actually back in style, but they um, are. you know, yeah, exactly. Right. Hockey <laughs> right? You right. Hockey, that's your haircut. Right. Yeah. So, um, but that was who we were. And then, you know, I can distinctly remember we had a coach working for us at the time and he was going to be leaving and he was going to open his own business and he wanted to do it close to our business, which was a big no, no. So he and I were having our differences ar- around that. Right. And at the time, I didn't have the mechanisms in place to say, well, good, we'll help you open your own, right? Which that was what we would do now. But I can distinctly remember him saying, you know what? I'm going to leave here and I'm going to open down the street and I'm going to call it better bodies. And I was like, "Like oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> if I'm honest, he kind of had me, right? It's like, we're, we're good bodies. He's going to be better bodies. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll go best bodies. You know, I'll even beat that. It was like, oh, so silly. But we, um, we rebranded to something that was a little bit more relevant that was local. But when we started licensing, we were giving these systems to uh, other brands, like, say, a Gold's Gym or something, right? And then the Gold's Gym would say, what do we call this thing? And we were just named after a local region, right, because we were just a couple of local clubs. And so we knew that we needed to get another brand. And we went through this really interesting, cool process. We hired a firm out of San Francisco. Um, paid a lot of money to help us come up with a name, and it was like a six-week process. And they worked us through all these wild scenarios, just trying to stress test our limits in which direction they could take us, you know, with a name. And we needed something that we could trademark. And so I remember when they first presented Alloy, I thought that is the dumbest name I've ever heard. I cannot believe that that we paid <laughs> for that, right? <laughs> But when you think about what alloy is, you guys, if the, even the, the very Google definition is it's nothing if it's not a combination of things, right? There's no such thing as an alloy. An alloy is a combination of metals. And when you look at the Google definition, it will literally say to make something better or stronger, right? I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah, so we yeah, took that name and we took it to a branding firm and then they built the logo, which is two pillars leaning on each other. And of course, Stronger Together has been used by Hillary for her campaign and everything since. But we were the first, you know, to, to have that. And we've got it um, in the fitness space trademarked. So yeah, a lot went into just coming up with what looks like a really simple brand, but it means a lot. And, and what it means is it can pass through from me to our franchisees, because we can be stronger together, a combination of, of our strengths, right? And then also passes all the way through the consumer because you know, if you have a coach in your life, someone to hold you accountable guide you keep you on track um that makes a lot of sense that name alloy as well with the combination of things making making something stronger and better so anyway great question but yeah that's uh it was a long 30-year journey to come up with a name but it, it's worked out pretty well
3: and i just shared the link for everybody here this is the website you're going to want to go to you're going to sign up if you're interested in all that this is uh the, the community page of joining the franchise opportunities and seeing everything that they're doing. If anybody's interested in that, I also have uh, the website in the background of Rick Mayo, which I will bring up in a little bit. That way you could see his handsome face there as well. Uh, Rick, I want to know, with 2020 hitting the way it did, you had a lot of people that probably broke away from the the gyms. Uh, I know that when our gym shut down in Ohio, the gym I was going to, it really made it difficult to work out it really because i'm at home and i'm trying to do online stuff but it's not as connected as it was have you noticed any big changes after with 2020 and what are you guys doing to prepare for the future that with adapting to
0: that yeah that's the million dollar question right i mean i think if you look at certainly we entered franchising at an interesting time because if you were an investor and you were looking at fitness, you were seeing it being, you know, not even allowed in some states in the United States and certainly overseas as well. And so it did look like a scary investment proposition. So it wasn't a great time to enter the franchise industry. But I will tell you that for our actual model, for the clubs that we had that were open um, and our corporately owned clubs, it was interesting. We we fared really well. And, And in hindsight, you know, when I look at that, I guess the question would be why? Like, why would you fare better than a different fitness brand? And I think there's two reasons. One is because we're personal training, we are a smaller number. You know, there's a British scientist. His last name is Dunbar. And he did all of these studies that went back thousands of years. And what the question he was trying to answer was basically, what is the right size of a community, right, outside of really close friends and family? what size community can someone manage? How many people in their life can they manage and still make it feel very intimate and be close-knit? And that number ended up being 150. So it's often referred to as Dunbar's number or or sometimes the rule of 150. And some corporations have actually taken that number to heart. If you look at Gore that makes Gore-Tex, if they had a division that got larger than 150, they would split it. Because they knew that if you were working in a group of 150 or less, that, you know, the, the manifestation of that could be you don't have to wear name tags because everyone knows everyone, right? There's not this higher top-down management feel where, like, you know, the boss is here, and then there's this person, and then I'm under them. It's like you really could work for the people around you and keep a tight-knit community, and that was a really big culture builder, and it helped efficiency and stickiness for employees and all of the things that that, that go along with a great work environment. So when you look at our model, you know, we don't get above 150 total members. And so what happens with that is everyone can know each other. You can know everyone's name. You can know everyone's family members, right? You can know, certainly we know a lot about them from a health perspective, what their goals are, what their injuries are, things like that, what they're shooting for. But I think when you have a small number like that, you know, you guys mentioned trust a lot in the lead in. That's what it does is it drives a higher level of trust, right? So. We didn't see a whole lot of churn in our revenue at all in any of our clubs that were open because, A, small number, so more trust. I mean, we literally had people come into our corporate gyms once the veil was lifted on the restrictions and say things like, oh, I would never go to a big facility. I don't know any of those people. And as we all know on this call, knowing someone doesn't have any bearing on whether or not you can catch a virus from them, right? Right. But it just speaks to the fact that there's inherent trust, right? It's like, you know, I don't want to go to the grocery store because I don't know those people, but I know my people. And I guess that would, the assumption would be that they're doing the same things I'm doing to, to stay safe. So there was that. And then second was the technology. So thankfully we already had an app that we were using to send workouts to people for like that third day a week, or like if you went on vacation or something like that. And it ended up being the perfect tool for COVID because we knew everyone's goals. We simply had to find out what type of equipment that they had at home. And then instead of just streaming a Zoom class, which is what a lot of fitness brands did, we could actually drill down and say, okay, based on your goals and what you have at home, this is exactly what I want you to do. And send them a video-driven workout. And you know, it, our app pulls in MyFitnessPal for nutrition and habit change and all these really cool things where we could really keep track of them. But it was like taking personal training and making it digital. As opposed to streaming a live class, which, you know, again, there's a lot of people that are already in that space. I mean, look what happened to to Peloton, you know, as a result of the pandemic, their stock jumped like thousand percent or something crazy. Right. So there's already people in that space that were poised for that. So instead of doing that, we just kept it personal training and used the app to drive the programs and the accountability. And there was still a coach on the other end that they knew, by the way, that knew their name and was saying, hey, I didn't see that you worked out yesterday. You know what's going on, and, and ultimately, isn't that the job of a coach? Right? It's just to make people show up and, and do it. That's that's ninety percent of it, right there. So, yeah, based on those two factors, you guys—that small number and that high trust—and the digital assets, we were we fared really well. So we were very fortunate to be well aligned for this. I mean, because who knew? Right? It was it was devastating for some sectors of fitness for sure.
1: Awesome! Awesome! Uh, th- I wanted to ask you something. How did you get into in, into to, to to creating creating this? Was it something that you always wanted to do that you had in your mind, or, or or how did you get this opportunity to create Alloy?
0: You know, I wish that it was, but what happened was we accidentally stumbled. Per you know, as you guys know, and you've probably heard this a million times. It seems like it's in every leadership book. But every time you run into a tough spot or a tight situation, it's typically an opportunity for something great to happen. If if you respond right and maybe you get lucky and all the worlds you know all the, the stars align so to speak but um we had had a hiccup in our business in the late 90s and as a result of that we built it back in a way that was very systematic right so we took something that seemed like artwork which was you know trainers and and them working their magic with clients and we had specialists in fat loss and specialists for older clients and specialists for athletes and it's like wait a minute like we know all these processes so why don't we build a system that says If this, then that, right? And it became, you know, everything from how we say hello to goodbye to how a customer goes from the first time in the gym to how they get to the right program. And those things were just built out of necessity just to protect our business. But what ended up happening was we landed on a really interesting model that was one of the highest revenue per square foot facilities in the country. And then that put us on the radar for speaking engagements. And we started doing a lot of consulting And quite honestly, like I never envisioned at any step along the way that we would be doing what we're doing now or that we would be able to license, you know, gyms worldwide. I mean, it was just never on the radar. I mean, it literally took people beating me over the head with it and asking us, you know, can you give me your sales system? Can you give us your training protocols? Can you write the workouts for our gym? And eventually it was like, you know, there's just, this is so piecemeal. Why don't we just wrap it up and put it on an online platform and then we can just license it to someone for a flat fee per month. Um, but it wasn't ever part of my long-range plan, and I and I would love to say that it <laughs> was. But it just sort of developed. I think, you know, maybe the only thing we had was an open mind and a culture in our business where we were open to new opportunities, and if something presented itself that we thought was a great opportunity, we could do it, right? But, yeah, no no master plan. I hate to say it.
3: Is were. Your... Is your app like uh, True Coach? Uh, Jessica asked.
0: One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. It's actually our app is Trainerize, which is a very well known brand within fitness. That's our app partner. We just paid a lot of development costs to have a white label version built for us. So Trainerize is one of the premier online training platforms. Um, it, it really is a fantastic tool. So we get the benefit of all the things that they build and then we have our own functions built in there as well which make it super special for Alloy.
3: With working out, I know in particular that if if you have a coach it's one thing, but when you have like a team of people around you like that and you're working out, do you notice they push each other harder and achieve higher goals because they're working together?
0: They do, and I think there's a tr- there's an art to fostering that type of environment. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think one thing that personal training allows you to do is it's not like an entire club of super buff people. You know, one of the things that makes it interesting is I could take one of you guys young fit and put you in a group with someone who's 60 years old, who's really out of shape, who has a a hip replacement and it will work, you know, and and that's really interesting because typically those two things don't work well. So what we'll see is when we have all these systems in place to sort of build these human connections and to build this camaraderie, um, you know, you can systemize these soft touch, these these things that seem like art, if you will. You can really systemize a lot of these things and force these meaningful conversations where pretty soon um, you have clients holding each other accountable, right? Like if somebody doesn't show up to a workout and you've got your core group, you know, that works out together 6 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as an example, and someone doesn't show up. Sure, it's the responsibility of the coach to reach out and find out where they are. But it's also happening via the other customers and clients that are in that session that are familiar with that individual. And that's super compelling. As you know, like, you know, peer support is huge as far as, again, stickiness and the fact that people can reach their goals much easier if they've got a support system. So. I think it's really the best of both worlds. You know, you get some of the 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 uh, advantages of a class based concept with other people, right? But you still get the specificity of personal training. So we can work around injuries, work on specific goals, and do things like that. So it's kind of that. That's really what we do. I mean, honestly, we got one on one training on one end of the spectrum, classes on the other, and we kind of sit in this little sweet spot in the middle. It's kind of underserved, if you will.
1: I see Jessica uh, wrote a question, yeah and asked, "Is there anything in your industry that you see needs to be changed? If so, what role do you feel you play in changing those things?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you always see the pendulum in fitness that swings wildly one way or the other, right, and I think for the last few years it's been um, it's been more tech driven, but not I would say not in a way that would increase human connection more in a way that's just as a standalone in a silo technology. So if you use some of the class-based concepts in fitness that got, that became very popular in a short period of time, it was also right at the same time that wearable technology was becoming popular, whether it be Fitbit or the Apple Watch or those things, right? So they were able to grab onto that trend and that really helped propel them, right, um, quickly. I think if you look at technology now, certainly with what's happened with the pandemic, it's like if technology doesn't drive more human interaction and it's not a a tool to to connect us more, then I don't think it's going to be relevant moving forward. So I think you're going to see the pendulum swing back from just technology in a silo to technology that can drive meaningful conversations and that can drive human interaction. I think we all crave that right now. I think the pandemic has pointed out how important it is for all of us, right? And so I think that's really where there's a gap in the market is like, yes, technology is the ultimate disruptor. We all need to be paying attention to it. But I think what we've seen just in the little bit of this, little bit of the veil being lifted from COVID is that people do want to go back and, and be around live individuals, right? And be with people. So I think there's a combination in there that we're looking for. Um, But I think moving forward, the technology just has to drive better human interaction, period. Awesome. I like it.
1: Do you have a – can I go? Do you want (laughs) to (laughs) go? You've got a podcast as well. What is your podcast about?
0: It's very niche So it is called the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast. So it's all about the business of fitness. And the business of personal training. So if you're in the industry and you're interested in it, that's all that we talk about. So again, very niche, but um, it's what we know, right? And it's what we do. And it really helps our candidates for franchising if they want to know something about us and what we believe in and what our philosophies are and how the programming works and what our sales systems are. They can go there and learn everything that they need to know.
3: I want to make sure I point this out really quick. This is beyond moving picture studios. Uh, he, he is a very good friend of mine become a very, very good friend. He has been, he weighed well over 300 pounds and has worked throughout COVID. And he announced today earlier, and I was going to pull this in. He is down to two seventy eight now, and he's working very hard and making sure he's eating right. And he's taking care of himself. Uh, him and I have watched him develop like that and I think that creating that community like that is a big thing he left Facebook as a way of being able to delete what everybody else's positive thing is as weird as that sounds it's their good stuff it creates that mindset in us that are like we're comparing ourselves without realizing it why don't I go on vacation why don't I this why don't I that and he deleted it and he really started focusing on connecting with people again and it's been amazing to see his journey take off and the weight loss and all that uh, used to be three fifty. I knew you'd throw it up there. I didn't want to say too much. <laughs> I, I, That's but like, amazing. He has done so well. So Ryan is an exception. Like there's a lot of people who want to make that, that leap and they want to take that challenge of being able to start losing that weight, pushing themselves in the right direction. They can connect with you. Here's your website for everybody. But my other thing is, is, Rick, when people start doing this, it's not just the exercise that ends up connecting and changing their life. It actually does more because it helps them want to develop themselves to a stronger them from mentally, emotionally, even the diet that they eat. They start asking more questions just by starting the workout. What is your first recommendation to people to get into your groups and into your classes and wanting to get that workout?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, just reach out to the site. We'll be happy to help anyone in any way that we can. But you're 100% right. So it, it's not that exercise in and of itself. I mean, listen, there's no mystery as, you know, to, to us, we need to be healthier, right? I think COVID, if anything, has even shed a bigger light on the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a risk factor there. And if something like this comes along, there are some things that we can control. And I think it's a, it's obvious to us that we need to get on top of these things. So props to, to your buddy. And I would say that that wasn't the typical response. Most people went the other direction, you know, and so props to him for, for taking this time to really better himself. And I'm sure he would speak to this as well. Um, but once you can do something difficult, anything, whatever that thing is, right, it builds a level of self-efficacy that just allows you to stack other habits, on top. And so if you just start with exercise, you know, I I think the toughest thing to do is rip the bandaid off and say, I'm going to make a wholesale change to my entire life. You know, I'm going to change all of my eating habits. I'm going to start exercising five days a week. And I think that's the approach a lot of people take an all or nothing. And, And that's why the success rate would be relatively low. Right. And I think if you look at the way habit change really works, just pick one thing that you can do and build some self-efficacy and once you prove to yourself that you can do something difficult like exercise 3 days a week as an example then you can stack another habit and another habit and another habit and if you look back you know a year down the road you'll be surprised you know you guys have probably heard the saying i think people overestimate what they can accomplish in 30 days and underestimate what they can accomplish in a year because we just think in such short windows of time mm-hmm. so i would say If you choose something, you know, okay, one healthy meal a day, right? Uh, Start exercising a couple of days a week. Just get on and walk for 10 minutes. I mean, anything will start to stack habits. And that's the most important thing that you're doing, by the way, right? Is you're telling yourself that you're the type of person that even though they don't want to go outside and walk today, you're going to do it anyway. And once you can change the framework, right? And the voices that you have and the way you speak to yourself and the way you think about yourself. You start to make different decisions, you know. I mean, obviously, when you're presented with the next challenge, you're like, no, I'm the person that does the hard things that they don't want to do because I know what the long-term benefits are. So I am a person that makes a healthy choice for lunch, right? Mm. And you just continue to stack those habits. And again, if you look back on a 12-month time period, it can be wildly impactful, just like your buddy that we're talking about now.
3: Have you always been someone that has been structured to uh, do the habits and all of that? Has this just come naturally to you?
0: Um, I think so. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, if you just look at exercise, I think a lot of it comes from our, you know, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have an entrepreneur as a father who, you know, exercised in the garage. And so that's what I saw. And we grew up lifting these cement weights in the garage from – you know, from the time I was a little kid and I also saw that there was real joy as much as there was hard work. There was joy in, in, in being self-employed. Right. And in, in being the sort of the in charge of your own future. And it just gave me a really I didn't realize it at the time it was a very advantageous lens to have on life. And, um, you know, it was like he he had a pretty, pretty rough life and a pretty tough physical handicap. And he overcame that. And went on to do amazing things, never an excuse, you know, never heard him complain or that type of person. And so um, I think for me, that was just the way you did it. So I'm not going to discount the fact that I had this massive advantage, right? Um, from you know, being around that type of influence. Um, but yeah, I would say based on that, when you start to see the results of it, like if I can just do these things, it's going to move me in the direction that I want. And then you see it manifest itself, right? It just, again, it's just habit stacking over time.
1: If you uh, who is your um, um um inspiration in your business part and in your 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 personal private private life? Who inspires you to 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 be the best Rick every day?
0: <laughs> Do I have to choose between one of you? Can I say both?
1: <laughs> you can you can you can have both of us. <laughs> I'll,
3: this I'll, make this, I'll, I'll make this easy for you, all right, Rick? There you go, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Who
3: do you look up to, though, especially because not every day is going to be a good day. Not every day is going to have joy. So that's a great question, Elsa. Who are your motivations? Who do you look to? And on the days when you are a little bit more down, maybe it's whatever, how do you find your to go out there and be
0: Rick yeah I think ultimately you know and this is something I've come to a little bit later in life is I'm a big fan of the Stoics I'm not sure if you guys have spent any time reading any of the of the Stoics but I would highly recommend it for anyone especially if you're going to go into entrepreneurship because I guess the the premise of all Stoicism is essentially like control the things you can and let go of the things that you cannot right And if you think about just that one statement, how you would overlay that, that over like exercise as an example, it's like, you can't control everything. You can't control your genetics or your parents or, you know, the environment you grew up in or kind of your, maybe even your current job situation can't be fully controlled, you know, or you're in a weird spot right now with a personal, someone in a personal relationship. It's like, okay, some of those things can be controlled, but what you probably could do. Would do what we mentioned. You could get up and take a walk, or you could spend five minutes reading a, a book, right? That would teach you something or give you some skill set that you need, or, or a book on mindset, right? Um, so, I think for me, um, certainly, entrepreneurship is basically like self growth. This is the way I've heard it described. This the the favorite. And you guys will understand this, of course. It's like self growth disguised as business, right? Because like, if you guys want this podcast to have, you know. 50,000 listeners every week, you're going to have to be different podcast hosts at some point. Like it, things just change, right? And so um, it's, and that means personal growth. It means breaking belief systems. It means stacking habits. It means building self efficacy, right? But I think at the end of the day, all that starts with control what you can and let go of what you can't, right? And that goes for attention. You know, you guys, as you grow, you're going to see this as well. You're going to get a million and one opportunities and you're gonna to have to say no to a lot of things, to a lot of good ideas, sometimes great ideas to make this thing, right? to make this thing absolutely amazing. And that is not easy to do. You know most entrepreneurs that struggle, you know, they have sort of this squirrel brain, and that squirrel brain ends up manifesting itself through their business, which is a big mistake, right? Um, you really have to be disciplined to say, okay, I've built this machine. let's let this machine run. We're going to improve, like we're going to work instead of outside the box, all this kind of thinking, let's work inside the box, right? And continue to make this thing better over time. But I think for me, it all boils down to a little bit of stoicism, which is like your feelings are fleeting, right? You're going to have days when you feel like the biggest loser ever, right? Like you, you know, one minute your business is killing it. The next minute you're a complete idiot and you're going to be out of business by noon. And that can happen sometimes three or four times throughout the day. But if you can understand that like your feelings are just... They're not real. They're just temporary. They're not always the reality. Right. Um, keep them at arms bay. Control what you can. I think it's a really, a really valuable skill set. And I would say for me, um, it's hard to look up to any particular individuals because everyone's so different and their path is so different with how they've gone about it. But I think there's some commonalities. And for me right now, I think the Stoics are, are, are someone I really look up to.
3: You are in Georgia, but you have office, you have these franchises all over. If you could pick anywhere in the world to go and make sure that it's where you feel you're the most centered and all that. Is that being an alien in Georgia or is that being able to go? Do you have a location you love to just, it's your dream location. And then last part of that question, what are you doing to get to there?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a mountains guy. So it's like there's always mountains or beach. And I call it, I'll take both, don't get me wrong, right? So I will tell you that I love to travel. Um, you know, I've traveled all over the world. Fitness has given me these amazing opportunities to travel everywhere. And when I go somewhere interesting, I will go for a long time. So one of my, uh, here's an example. Like one of my bucket list trips was the South Island of New Zealand because you know, you've seen the just dramatic scenery is gorgeous. You know, it's it's such a such an amazing place. So I had a speaking gig there in Christchurch in 2019, and I got there uh, a month early and rented a motorcycle and rode all over the South Island for a month, just going everywhere that I could go and seeing everything that I could see and doing everything from, you know, I mean, think about it, like the, the New Zealand is the birthplace of bungee jumping, right? So I did like a bungee jump from the original first commercial ever bungee jump bridge. So you do things like that or you know, jet boating down whitewater rivers. I mean, it's the craziest place, right? It's absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, tons of wild adventures to do. So it was one of my favorite places ever. And it was, it was one of the few places where your expectations are so high that it actually met and exceeded you know, those expectations. Now, would I want to live there long term? I'm not sure. I think the more I travel, the more I appreciate home. Right. I really do. I've got great friends and family here. Atlanta is not a bad city. I live north of the city, so I'm 30 minutes from some really beautiful mountain areas. Um, Again, my hobbies are motorcycling, so it's a beautiful area for that. Um, And I I think I would stay right where I am. I mean, this is where my friends and family are, and I would love to travel more and more, but I think I'm right where I want to be. I really do, which is a great feeling.
1: Have you ever been in South Africa?
0: No. You know, I took a course one time, a Harvard course, because I don't know if you guys knew, but like Harvard has this amazing curriculum where you can take online courses, you know, from Harvard. So I was taking this course on innovative disruption, a great six week course. And boy, they do a great job. They put you into breakout groups as if you were working in a classroom setting. So I was in a breakout group with a, with a lady from South Africa and she was living in uh, Johannesburg and she was the marketing director for BMW automobiles in, uh, in South Africa. And we were doing a, a call because we had to do a project together and turn it in. And I was looking behind her, you know, on her shelf behind her, there was a lot of motorcycle helmets. So I asked him, like, oh, do you also ride motorcycles? She's like, my husband is the head of BMW motorcycles in South Africa. So he pops into the screen and we start talking and he invites me over. He's like, you know, why don't you come over We'll take a ride through Namibia. We'll check out the wildlife. And so uh, it was like the most amazing, you know, fortuitous meeting to a guy who's like the head of, and I ride BMW motorcycles as well. So to meet him, right, the head of BMW motorcycles um, for South Africa. And I got this great invitation now Not soon after they moved. I think they moved to Australia. I'm not sure where they moved. But uh, she was the head of like the Formula One team for BMW for many years. So just ended up being the coolest couple ever. But I missed my window. So now I'm super pleased to know someone else in South Africa and I'll just wait for you to invite me. So we'll, we'll just go. You,
1: you are invited. I have invited everybody that. Everybody's yes. welcome. Bob, yes. that was my second question. What do you ride? What? Yeah. Right.
0: Right now, there? you know, I ride in what's called an adventure bike. And I guess that category of bikes is really popular because you could load it up and ride across the world. Right. That's the type of bike that it is. And that's the type of, of riding that I like to do. I've done dirt bike racing. I've, you know, I take, Track classes on motorcycles for speed racing on a track. But at the end of the day, I like to just load up and and disappear and and travel and meet people and see things. And, um, you know, certainly in in foreign countries as well. It's just an amazing way to see the world. It's very visceral. You smell everything, you feel everything. People come over and talk to you at gas stations and where you're from. And it just brings a completely different element to travel than traveling in an automobile or, or on a bus or something.
1: And bikes are big in South Africa as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I would love, love to, to come over. I've got a friend that surfs and he loves to come to, to go to South Africa and surf and he's built a whole community of friends there. And he said, it's the most amazing place ever. Have you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aww.
3: Aww.
1: <No. laughs>
0: See? So See? <laughs> have you
3: been to Sweden?
0: Yes. My daughter-in-law is Swedish. So I have been to Sweden. I have been to uh, Stockholm, uh, Malmo, which is southern Sweden. And then I've been to Uppsala, which is where my son did a study abroad at University of Uppsala, which is about 30 minutes to 45 minutes north of Stockholm. And that's where he met his wife. So she's still in law school there. And he is a, a submarine officer in the U.S. Navy. So he's underwater somewhere in the Pacific as we speak.
3: Oh, that's really stinking cool. Uh, yeah. Bob said that his base camp is in Dallas, Georgia. If he ever gets back, I may stop by and say, hey, Rick. Uh, Bob is our biker guy. He comes on on Fridays, and he has a ZZ Top style beard. I tell everybody he was one of the original members when they were ZY Top. It's, you know, my my way of making people laugh. Um, <laughs> but... He is this genuine soul driving around the country on his motorcycle, giving to people and just giving the shirt off his back if he needs to. So if you could if Bob ends up being around your area, trust me, get a drink with him. You'll 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 literally like want him to spend the night and just keep telling stories. I say that as someone who just had that happen two weeks ago when he when he was like, hey, I'm coming through. I'm like, stop by spent the night spent the whole next day together so you'll enjoy bob and you'll talk scooters as he likes to say i've got (laughs) scooters in my blood uh so rick i'm gonna ask a very weird question here but i know i'm gonna be asked it outside of all the other ones are you married because i'm gonna have a lot of women i i I have to be honest i open up your your website page right here (laughs) And I like first thing I said to Ilsa is, Oh God, he's really handsome. We're gonna have a higher viewing audience today. Oh, and gosh. she's like, Look at him. And then Jessica jumps oh, on and same thing. She's like, Look at that, uh, look at that jawline, handsome son of a I, bee.
0: I really hope that no one I know is is listening yet. I'm sure that they will, but I will catch so much crap from that. But I appreciate <laughs> knowing my friends. <laughs>
3: Good uh, guys let me bring the website back on so you guys can do it again and-
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> do not do not do it yes I've been married forever like a million years so um so yes so sorry to any of the young gentlemen out there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, ladies whatever it doesn't matter right anybody any and i'll take any and all comers as far as compliments but yeah believe me when i tell you i'm much better off you know without that even being a an option in my life (laughs) talking about distracting talking about distracting right
3: right so i laugh because uh brett gordon is right here and he says my cousin lives in uh stockholm and then his cousin is right here telling you where to go visit in stockholm (laughs) <laughs> but, like that just happened to work out perfectly. This is
1: a family of me. <laughs> they,
3: You have gotten everybody's family. Jessica Dugas has 17,000 kids. Don't worry, she popped like three out during her interview. She's done it like with. She just breathes through it now. But like Rick, you're you have this genuineness about you. Like, mm-hmm. what is the end goal of where you can look yourself in the eyes and say, "I made it. I'm a success. I'm proud of myself." Have you done that? And what does it look like?
0: Um, No, absolutely not. And and I don't think you ever really want to get there. Right. There's always something more to push for. I mean, fitness industry has been fantastic to me. I mean, I could not ask for more, Um, honestly. And it's not always been easy, but I've always loved it. And I think I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I love every day. And to know that the 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 fruits of our labor right through alloy, we talked about people getting tattoos, things like that. But imagine, you know, you put your head on the pillow at night and you literally know that you're making a tangible difference in people's lives. And so for me, um, you hate to say like, oh, you know, I've made all the money I ever want to make. But I think, you know, I live pretty frugally either way around. So I I think in a lot of ways I have made all the money I want to make. Right. It's been it's been a great run. But what wakes me up and and what keeps me going these days is knowing that, you know, we've created this vehicle and this vehicle can help, you know, someone change their life if they invest, right? If it's a business investment and then think about all the end users. I mean, you think about, think about 2000 gyms worldwide. If each gym only had a hundred people participating in something that was driven by alloy, I mean, how many people are we really touching on a daily basis, right? So I'm so humbled by that more than anything. I I think never do I feel like I've arrived. Uh, You know, I'm never patting myself on the back. We are absolutely horrible at celebrating wins in our business. We really are because it's not about that. It's never about milestones. Like if you guys became the number one podcast in the world, you might look at each other and, you know, you might say what Elon Musk said when he found out he was the wealthiest man in the world. I don't know if you guys remember that tweet, but he's like, huh, that's interesting. Dot, dot, dot. Now back to work. Because what does it matter? It doesn't matter, right? If you're driven by a purpose, who cares? Who's keeping score? You know, it goes back to Simon Sinek's infinite games. The goal is just to stay in the game and to do good work and to do right by people. And I'm fortunate enough to have a vehicle that I can tangibly understand how we're helping people. So I just hope to continue to do it in any capacity. You know, um, there's no arriving, there's no retiring or quitting or what have you. Now, We have goals. We do want to get to 500 franchises in the U.S. Um, I think we can do it. Um, I think within that infinite game of keeping going, there are some finite scores that you want to keep, right, to kind of keep yourself rolling. But outside of that, I just really hope to continue to do what I do. I really do love it. Um, I'm humbled by it, and it challenges me on a daily basis. And I'm not sure you can ask for anything more than that, honestly. Is
1: there certain criteria that gyms must have to, to be part of the alloy group or is anybody welcome or how does it work?
0: When we were licensing, no. So you could just be any gym that needed help. But now that we're full on franchising, there are financial requirements. And we do that to protect the investors, right? So you get a lot of like uh, practitioners in fitness. So like maybe I'm a trainer and I want to start my own business, but I don't have a lot of money. Well, your chances of success if you're underfunded are very low, and so we have financial thresholds that we set for net worth and liquid, you know, uh, capital, so that people will have enough staying power to survive. And when you all franchises do this, by the way, whether you're food or you know healthcare or whatever that is, and if you look at the success rate of people in franchise structures, probably because of this one thing, it's infinitely higher than independent operators, because, you know, you'll, you'll hear somebody like a scrap together a bunch of money. You know, it's a, it's a little bit, as you guys know, it's certainly uh like entrepreneurship is somewhat glorified these days with Instagram and what I talk about, right? It's like, so cool. Like burn the ships, right? Like I'm going all in, I'm going to dump my life savings. I'm going to roll all these quarters in my bedroom and I'm going to go all in. I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the best strategy to, to go about opening a business. So I would say the most important thing is, yes, there are some barriers, and most of those are going to be financial, and you're going to have to have a certain threshold to qualify. But that's to protect you, believe me.
3: Do you have any in Alabama?
0: Not yet, but we are very close to Alabama. So we've got some people sniffing around that are in the Birmingham area, which would be a great market for us. Perfect.
3: And then have you been to England yet?
0: I have. Yes. Now, I haven't spent a lot of time there, but I, I have passed through there a couple of times. I just saw
3: the question. I want to make sure I ask it for the audience. So, Rick, with all this going on and you being who you are, what do you do? And this is my final question before we go into the last part of the show. What do you do to self love? That sounds really gross the way I said it. What do you do to take care of yourself to make sure that Rick is still still able to? I'm not take sure care? I can talk
0: about this on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I light some candles. <laughs> I, I drink some white wine. <laughs> set the mood for myself. <laughs> I turn on.
3: I turn on one of one of my I, workout videos. You know. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's
3: right. uh, uh, no. I'm glad you know what I meant. So that's what's <laughs> the smell of your candle? You know?
0: Yeah, that is, that is a that's a that's a great question, I guess.
3: I, I asked me. it, and right as it came out, I was like, "Wow, no!" rephrase that question right. quickly. How do you like, love
0: yourself, Rick. I'm like, yeah, oh
3: well. Yeah, yeah, Rick. You're a lovable guy, but how do you love Rick? <laughs> like, how do you? <laughs>
0: The guys are great.
3: So, Rick, in all honesty, though, what does self love look like to you, other than the candles and the bathwater and Elton John playing in the background?
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Well, other than that, because that's that where it starts, obviously, for everyone. right? <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I try to take care of myself. So, you know, again, if it's if it kind of goes back to like, you know, what what's a day in the life of and if you feel like you're doing important work, you owe it to the people that you're serving, whether it's your team or your customers or their customers, right, to show up as your best self. And that's the way I look at it. It's more of an obligation. So like self love for me would be exercising, right, And eating right, um, you know, taking vitamins, just doing the things that you need to do to show up to be your best self to your family to your business, to your partners, to your, again, to their, all the way through to their members. I think, I think it's good to have an obligation like that. And I think some self-love is important, but I look at it more as doing work on yourself, right? Being willing to do that work. That to me is, is, is a better manifestation of self-love then regardless, you know, always telling yourself you're doing a great job because like some days you're just not, you know, and that's a harsh reality. But, you know, I, I tend to be a little bit harder maybe on myself um, than what would be in vogue these days, maybe just because I'm older or we're older school, old school. But I think that's that's how I would do it. You know, I'd say you show up as your best self and doing the work to be that best self is self-love. You know, that's the way it should be manifested. And that's that's how I like to do it.
1: How we usually um, sign off or, or, or finish the show is everybody gets a chance to 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 say a quote or, or, or give the people inspiration or anything of your heart's desire, and then Brandon will go first today, <laughs> and then you can decide who goes next, and next, and next, and then Rick, you will take us out. You will be lost to give your nugget of information and knowledge to our listeners
3: I'll show you how it's done Rick you ready and then don't worry so ready Ilsa's gonna go after me and then Jessica then you Rick all right you're closing the show out today so you better be able to bring it are you ready so ready so ready a lot of pressure <laughs> guys today has been a phenomenal episode from Rick coming on jumping and talking about exercise and his company and what they're doing that's so different to help people to Jessica Dugas coming on and talking about Kevin Kiley and being able to know all about the fact that are you being manipulated in tactics of your marketing and tomorrow we get to watch that and find out whether that's actually going to be happening or not and I look forward to it take today it is Thursday I want you to take five minutes that's it Five minutes. Hey, shh, back there. I saw that also. I want you to take five minutes to just let go of everything. No cell phone in hand, no calls, no nothing. And just close your eyes and breathe. Because the truth is that five minutes that you're taking, that's the five minutes you need for you. Do it by taking care and loving yourself today.
1: I want to just carry on with, 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 with Brandon. Um, uh started now it's this morning, I woke up and I had no no inspiration for the day. I felt like, can it not be time to go to bed because i do I'm not feeling today I do not feel inspired and coming on the show, you guys inspired me to 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 check myself and 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 uh, look around and see sometimes you can't just inspire people, but you need to look for inspiration in other people and their journeys so always always tell your story and be kind to everybody it, it, you don't know if you are the only person that's kind to that person that you're talking to so always try and be better and then I just want to say thank you uh for for having me here every week and every day um and 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 giving me a platform just to talk to you guys i say it a lot but i just want to say it again today i'm grateful for you guys and i hope you have a wonderful thursday (laughs) flyer
2: happy thursday you guys thank you as always for having me on on thursdays it brings me so much joy to be here with you guys um you know we talked a little bit about um you know manipulation and marketing and and it all comes down to integrity and that integrity starts with ourselves I have two quotes from Zig Ziglar today that talk about in- integrity integrity gives you real freedom because you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide I love that one as we're talking about that on a very personal note and then going into the entrepreneur space honesty and integrity are by far the most important aspect assets of an entrepreneur so as you're taking that time that Brandon suggested for your yourself today. Make sure that you are using a little bit of exploratory time to learn more about yourself and ask yourself those questions. Am I being, um, am I full of integrity? Am I someone who is showing the person that I really am inside? And that's how we're going to, you know, attract more people into our lives that are, are doing amazing things by, by being who we are and, and surrounding ourselves with those people. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week.
3: Very well said, Jessica, and you're not a liar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, guys, listen, I've really enjoyed you guys. I mean, it's uh, you're doing an amazing thing here. So I would say thanks a million for having me on. I'm humbled, and uh, and I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the content that you guys are putting out. And I would say um, for me, just do some hard things, right? Prove to yourself that you can do something difficult. I think you owe it to yourself. You're worth it, Right. Do something hard, build some efficacy, stack some habits, and just keep going. I mean, that's it, right? Just show up every day as your best self. And if you do that, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong.
3: Mm. Mm. Rick, please stick around behind the scenes. We're going to talk to you for a few minutes after the show. Guys, make sure to go follow Rick. Make sure to give him some love. Put some mayo on it and know that you're going <laughs> to be going the right direction. I had to get one corny joke like that in there. Jessica hides her face. It also is like, turn my screen off. Really? <laughs> the first
1: thing I said is, I don't like
0: mayo.
3: <laughs> That's
1: the first thing she I really
3: either. did say. <laughs> I
1: don't
3: either.
0: I don't, yeah. It's just disgusting. It's
3: so bad. Like So wait, are you a miracle whip guy or just no
0: no mayo no, whatsoever? No, nothing. <laughs> oh, it's gross. Nothing. I love not
1: when right. people tell oh, me. Oh, like... not, I thought I was the only person that don't like mayo. I hate it when I cook somebody something and they chuck mayo on them. I mean just take the jar and take a bite. Out oh, of the mayo. that's like potato <laughs> salad I mean, and tuna salad. salad
0: you you. And every salad that has mayonnaise in it is disgusting. It should never be made again. <laughs> Um, that's it yeah no no say no to mayo right
2: except, except rick mayo don't say no to rick mayo say,
0: say, right? say yes to rick mayo he's in a tub of, of rose petals listening to elton john drinking a glass of white wine loving himself like never before say yes to that people
3: and ladies and gentlemen that is our thursday show have a good one love yourself like rick
0: thank you so much for listening If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.